These are our stories as told by us and may cause some triggers. Names are left out to protect privacy of all parties involved. We do not own the rights to any music in our podcast. And we are not responsible for any distress or damage caused by our podcast as that is not our intent. Hey everyone, it's Danielle and Brian is actually joining me again today. Hey guys, I'm back. On today's episode, we are talking about trauma and addiction and basically how it goes hand in hand. A lot of people don't realize that addiction usually starts with trauma. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that. No, and you know, one of my biggest thing is that I've been informing people or talking to people about is I basically say it as trauma is a gateway drug. I mentioned it on TikTok. On TikTok, yeah. Yep. I made yep, maybe a, that was where it was at. Made a video on it and a lot of people that people actually were surprised. Um so I definitely wanted to go into details um, because I hear so much of people coping with drugs and alcohol, which is it leads them to addiction or rec- people that are recovering addiction. They talk about the traumatic experiences that they've had, whether it was early childhood or even in adult life, people use drugs and alcohol as a coping skill, which is very, very unhealthy. Absolutely. And if people are needing healthy coping skills, once again, please feel free to reach out to me so I can get you information on healthy coping skills more in depth than what our previous episodes were on coping skills and um, self-care. Absolutely. But stress and trauma, as I mentioned, are linked to addiction. And early trauma impacts a person's ability to cope with stress. When stress becomes unbearable, overwhelming, and frightening, It often leads to addiction as well. But in early trauma in a person's life, and I'll go into more in depth on that in an episode where I talk about child abuse, but it's in trauma, but it does affect the brain development. And we know how crucial that brain development is as a, as an early, you know, as a child. Yeah. And the sad part is 66% of all addicts have encountered some sort of physical and physical or sexual childhood trauma and traumatic experiences within the first 18 years of life, such as physical, emotional, and or sexual abuse, neglect, loss of a parent, witnessing intimate partner violence, such as it could be witnessing, you know, your 
parents at violence. Yeah, in a domestic violence situation. Yeah. yeah. And living with a family member with a mental illness are more likely to suffer from that addiction. And those who are trauma victims and use drugs and alcohol do not do it just because it's fun or it makes them happy. They use substances to find short-lived help or it makes them feel better or helps them through from an internal experience that's just unbearable. Yeah, it makes them feel numb or at peace Yeah, for a very short amount of time. And, you know, I have to say that, as I mentioned in several different episodes, I ended up coping with alcohol and drugs as well and I really didn't realize the statistics or everything that went through it or to everything that went into it um but when I first started coping with drugs and alcohol it definitely wasn't for fun it was to the point like it started off as, you know, numbing the situation. And I honestly, I'd say that's probably majority of the time, the cases, I'm sorry, majority of the cases with other people. Is is, it, it, it is for that purpose. It's not for fun. It never starts. I don't think it ever starts off as no fun. No. And when you sit there and think about it, it's not fun. I know you... I haven't been in that kind of situation, those situations, but you know, you are a spouse of somebody that has, and you've even witnessed me uh, using alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I was having fun. And I think you can sit there and be like, yeah, you were not having fun. And I, you know, and I noticed that, you know, in those times it wasn't for fun, but now, you know, I realize more of those, of those traumas that you went through as a child and getting the real story behind things and the, and why, what all was involved then. And so it, it, you know, it helps us both understand Yeah, and, you know, when I recently found out some of the traumatic experiences that I even went through, and when I was reading on the trauma and addiction, I really never thought about, especially with how common mental illness is that that could be a traumatic experience for a child. Absolutely. And I think mental illness is one of the most overlooked illnesses that are out there. Yes, I I agree with you. And, you know, I have a parent that struggles with mental illness. Mm-hmm. 
my whole entire life struggled with mental illness. She was in and out of the hospital. There is plenty of times that they were just very unhealthy. And I never thought of it being that caused so much trauma on me. But like I said, this podcast has definitely brought so much to light and is very triggering because it brought back those memories and flashbacks of me being a child and having to care for my parents that was struggling with mental illness and addiction themselves. Right. And I didn't think of it, but then on top of it, you know, I, as a child dealt with, um, physical, emotional abuse and a lot of neglect as well. And then in my teenage years, it wasn't a parent, like a biological parent, but it was a parent to me that I lost um, due to suicide. And he too was dealing with mental illness. I didn't realize though the long-term effects of all of that trauma, even though I did have therapy Mm -hmm. on that, that that would end up building up. And I really was taught healthy coping skills. But when me almost losing my life came to play, I really didn't know what to do. And I ended up myself turning to the alcohol and drugs Mm -hmm. to the point became such a problem that I would be going through all the different emotions of, you know, depression, um, anger with myself. And I would be in a very dark mental state, but life goes on, right? As an adult. Absolutely. And as a parent, it goes on. I have children I had to take care of. I still had bills coming in and going out. So life doesn't stop for you. Right. And I would notice that self-medicating with drugs would get me going in the day. And it was like, oh, okay. Like I'm not in that dark spot. I'm able to function and I'm, I'm doing this today and then at the end of the day it was like oh it seemed to be like the worst times Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day is you know when you sit down by yourself as a single person and you your mind starts going you're reflecting you're thinking and you who knows what got brought up throughout that day. It could have been another court paper that I received that would, you know, put me back in that depression state that I would turn to alcohol at the end of the day or 
or both right. the drugs and alcohol. And so it's not that I was doing it for fun and it wasn't always used for numbing. It was that brain development or lack of brain development from my childhood trauma that would cause me to lean on that and or would even make me feel like I could just get through get through like I have more patience because I did that and right now I'm losing my patience so let me shove a pill down my throat mm -hmm. and it, it addiction just develops when the urge to take a substance hijacks parts of the brain that rewards behavior and provides benefits to the body. And that's, you know, what I was trying to explain there. And substance related disorders also impact the area of the brain responsible for emotions and decision making. So I felt that I was on top of my shit. I was able to emotionally be there for my child by taking a pill or and drinking alcohol i was able to be there so it seems but i was actually not there right and i know you know it it i'm glad that you have recognized that a long time ago and that that's something that you have been able to get well under control well, thank you. And it definitely does make a difference of knowing that I am able to cope in healthy ways now, even though I will be the first one to admit there are plenty of times that it is a struggle. And that's why, too, people relapse mm -hmm. throughout recovery and nobody should be ashamed of that it's okay that okay you relapse like let's get back up and start the start it all over and let's continue to work on ourselves and those healthy coping mechanisms and in my my experience with um, addiction and and traumas you know not as vast as what you've had or not as experienced as what you've had. Um, but I have dealt with addiction in my life a lot more than trauma. Um, I mean, of course, I've had loss, family loss and things like that that was devastating and and stuff. And But as far as addiction goes, you know, I had a... Um, my father was, uh, when I was 18... Had a, there was he had a, a really bad addiction to uh, meth, uh, and you know that that ultimately tore our family apart, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things that also contributed to that. Uh, but that was something both of my parents indulged in over the years, and I was completely oblivious to until I was in my later teens. You know, and I've been blessed to not have the substance or drug abuse addiction part of that 
and for for myself and you know but i've also dated people who were addicted to marijuana um had to have it i mean it was didn't matter what it was they had to have it and or drank all the time you know when it was just constant um pills you know same thing Mm -hmm. you know um xanax uh, things like that, you know, it, it, like I said, it's been, it's just been part of one of my family, but I've been in relationships with us and that's, you know, in those relationships, I didn't have boundaries. I was like, okay, yeah. And I, I've never done, I can sit here and say that I've honestly never done any drugs in my life. Right. And you know that. Oh yeah. And you know, I would be like to be like, oh, we're going to go on a, on a marrow. We're, you know, we're going to go pick up some pot, you know, on a run, uh, let's go on a run come on, Brian, let's go. I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. They, you know, hot box the car, you know, for 20 minutes. And I'm just sitting in the back seat. Like I can't breathe. Like, you know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like, but I'm here to support you. You know, but you are actually giving the wrong kind of support. um, Exactly. Right. And when you sit there and mention those relationships that, you've had with people of substance abuse or addiction how many of those people encountered trauma in their life majority of them if not all of them right and it was mainly sexual abuse as a child yeah it's very that is very very common and once again it goes into what I mentioned as far as those substances releases parts of the brain to the endorphins yes Mm -hmm. yes because that is something those people don't have the brain development was not there it did not develop unfortunately and that's where People get into debates and arguments, hardcore arguments over is addiction a illness? Yes, it is. It is a form of illness. They didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, yeah, I'm going to be an addict. And you can sit there and argue the point of nobody sat there and put that pill down your throat. Right. I mean, there's so many people that have vast opinions on Correct. on you know why people are addicted you know like you just said nobody right. makes you you know hold it you know what i mean but they don't understand the trauma they don't understand why and how easy it is and then on top of it the chemicals that are released mm-hmm. everybody has heard chasing the dragon mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it is you get this totally different reaction and it it does go through your body as you can function mm-hmm. you can function you aren't laying there on your kitchen floor just not being able to move well so many people though they they you know they get stuck on that first i guess you wouldn't say first high yeah from doing something and the, that's the only time they'll ever get it. Yeah, they'll, they'll never 
reach that level ever again. Correct. On that particular thing. Right. There and are then that's more, why. And that's when they go, oh, well, let me try this. Right. Oh. And then that's when it turns into other things. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. With and that. let me just say, too, that, you know, addiction doesn't have to be, um, you know, alcohol or drugs. It can be cheating on your spouse, cheating mm-hmm. on others. It could be uh, food. I mean, it could be, it could be, well, what we deal with now with me is I am addicted to the gem. I had that need too too much of really too much of anything is an addiction. Too much of anything is not good for you. And so, I mean, you could be, you know, some people think that caffeine is not that big of a deal, but People can get addicted to energy drinks and get addicted to caffeine. Correct. You know, so it doesn't have to necessarily be alcohol or drugs correct. that people are addicted to. That That is 100% correct. And that's where, you know, you hear a lot of stories of people that were, though, relying on drugs or alcohol and they do generally during the recovery they end up you know finding a new addiction whether it's instead of alcohol is those energy drinks or you know going into the gym and getting addicted to those results their self right uh it it does right it's definitely um hard to explain but I just wanted to basically cover this. I know it's been asked about a lot and mentioned a lot through other people's stories, even to me, of their trauma or people reaching out that are recovering addicts or even drug addicts that are currently using that they don't understand and when you get into deaths of their story it's so much of behind it is that traumatic trauma that traumatic experience that they had and it's so hard because of the simple fact it's a lot to do like you even mentioned sexual abuse or physical abuse emotional abuse neglect and you know that brings me to though mentioning like one of my goals and it it will be done that their addiction leads to a lot of people being homeless and on the streets or nowhere to turn. And I know as a survivor myself that there are shelters out there, Mm -hmm. but those shelters do not accept people that are going through drug addiction. Like if you go in there and cannot pass a drug screen, then they don't open up for right. you. 
um, they will actually which is refer you, which is ridiculous. It, it is. It's so hard because. It's, and, and, and take for we we by all means, wherever you can get help is great. All right. sources of help are fantastic, but the but the fact that you want to turn someone away that needs help just because most likely they are turning to addiction right to cope with the trauma yeah that you're wanting to help them with but you refuse refuse to help them mm-hmm. is ridiculous and they they'll refer them to somewhere else but it will be lean toward that drug or alcohol abuse and then afterwards is when you can get help for if it's somebody reaching out, trying to get right. out of a abusive relationship, you have to go through those kind of right. steps. And once again, I have so many different resources all the way around that if that is somebody's case, please feel free at any point to contact me because I do have those resources to be able to provide help for you. But one of my primary goals is to open up a shelter and not turning people away. No, it needs to be a one-stop shop. Yes, and (laughs) that's what I want too is it's like, okay, we're going to help you get out of that abusive situation to save your life, but also during the help of the abuse, I'm also going to help you with your current drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, with people that have to go run around and do that, that might cause more problems. It does definitely cause you know, more problems because you have to go to this side of town you and then have this to side jump of town through and, so many yeah, hoops. Yeah. And that's when people end up right back with the abuser yep. Yep. is because it's, I have, it's, I have no other choice. Right. And, but there is choices out there. Absolutely. And there are ways of help and ways out of that abusive situation. Absolutely. Um, but that is all the time that we have for our current episode. And we will dig in even deeper. It might trigger some of you. Please feel free to contact, reach out, contact me or even um, the Protected Better Women RC on Facebook. Reach out to somebody. Don't allow these triggers to make you turn right back to alcohol or drugs. If you have a sponsor, reach out to them. Um, Call one of the hotlines. And as always, feel free to message me. I am here to help you. And until next time. So if you or if you know someone who is struggling or is in a domestic violence situation, please reach out to the Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233, or you can also send a text message to 741-741. Also, there are some resources. You can reach out to the Protected Battered Women 
RC on Facebook. Keep in mind, if you're having suicidal thoughts or you know someone that is, there is also a suicide hotline. That number is 800-273-8255. I'm a survivor. I'm a